going to be in John 17 to kind of refresh our, uh, our memory. I'm going to read these verses uh, again. I mean, I still think I should have had you cheer for me at least. I mean, look what I did here. Do I get honorable mention? Thank you. I'll tell my wife. Yesterday, about uh, disciple problems, we stumbled along until we got to the place where we determined that if God, if Jesus can uh, continue the kingdom of heaven by using those disciples, then he can use you also. Remember that? So let's, let's refresh that. Tell somebody around you, he can use you. Whether you have cool socks or not, he can use you. Never sell yourself short. Never, uh, never try to be anyone else. They're all taken. Be yourself. Peter didn't try to become Matthew the tax collector. Probably wouldn't want the reputation that go with it. Matthew didn't try to become Peter the smelly fisherman. They all had their own uh, personalities, their own identities, and their own sometimes competing If you study the Gospels as a, a true scholar, you're going to run into, um, uh, I think, what some schools might call uh, the uh, Gospel comparatives or various things that, where each member of the, uh, the, the writing team that wrote the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, they, they saw things a little bit differently. They, each included something that perhaps the others didn't, and only uh, on rare occasions do do they totally meet, talk about the same uh, event, and uh, and even when they do, they usually have a different perspective from each other. I uh, I like to go to movies with my wife. We still date, and. We went to a movie some time back, came home, and my uh, oldest daughter was asking us about it, deciding whether she wanted to go, and so I started describing the movie to her and talked about, yeah, it's really cool, there's this guy in a red Ferrari is chasing a guy in a yellow Lamborghini, and they're driving over canals in Italy and, and jumping bridges and... At one point, they, uh, they uh, jump out of the car, and the guy gets in a speedboat and speeding down the canals of Venice, and, and it's, it's a, uh, like a cigarette boat. It's one of those offshore racing boats, and it has uh, a triple uh, Mercury outboard motors behind it, just throwing and And I'm, I'm just telling her about all the action and everything that's going on in it. And my wife said, yeah. 
And did you see the dress that the girl had on when they jumped in the boat? And I said, there was no girl. She said, yeah, there was a girl. And she had a, a, this incredible uh, dress on. And she began to describe the dress. And she started telling my daughter. And she had her hair fixed like that. That's so cute, don't you, don't you think? And I'm thinking, did we watch the same movie? I don't remember seeing any of those things. And I said to her, I said, no, she said, okay, I'll go back to the movie with you and we'll pay to watch it again so I can prove I'm right. I knew at that point I better back off because I don't like to get proved wrong. And I said, okay, okay. And she said, by the way, how do you even remember what color or what kind of car it was? How do you not know? It was yellow. And she said, so was her dress. I didn't, I didn't see, we didn't see the same thing. We had our own perspectives. You will have your own perspective. You will have your own identity. You do not have to sell yourself. But in the process of being your own person, if we're not careful, we can create disunity. Now, I don't know if, uh, if our, either one of these keyboards own, by chance. I don't know where the sound guys are, or do I need to, like, uh, volume, volume. There you go. I don't want to mess up his volume. I'm going to turn it up a little bit, so, okay. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't me. Okay, so, it took seven years of theory, still know the theory, still can't play. <laughs> Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? You can even ex expand it, sounds great. That's called a chord. A chord. A chord. <laughs> they were all in the upper room in one chord. What does that mean? Different notes, but they all harmonize. They sound good together. That's a chord. What is this? It's like fingernails scratching on a blackboard. That is discord. Mark those that sow discord. Doesn't sound, why? Because I want to play my note when I want to play my note. My note is important, but when it's played is also important. Who it's played with. Some people don't play nice together because they sow discord. They, it just doesn't work. Next time, if you have an opportunity to go to a symphony to hear an orchestra of some sort, get there early and listen as all of the instruments tune up on stage. It's terrible. It's, 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 it's cacophony, it's, 
it's uh, everybody's listening to their own instrument and they're they're uh, literally fiddling around oh that was a bad pun wasn't it they're, they're fiddling around they're doing their thing but at a certain moment the conductor will perhaps tap uh, you know he might like taps and somehow it's louder than that they all hear it they stop he lifts his hands they all look at their music and that moment the music begins it doesn't mean that every person begins playing playing their part no they wait until it's their part until it's pointed out and even the volume I need a little more from the violins a little less from the cellos I need this I need that and he pulls and, and he works it together because they all need to watch the conductor. We have the sheet music. You're holding it in your hands and in the form of, of, the, of the written word of God. And we are all supposed to be doing what we're supposed to do. But there is a thing called the conductor. And he gives us instruction. And when we function together, we work in unity. Please hear me, and please do not interpret anything I'm saying as being political. Will you, do, will you give me that, that favor? Will you do that? Because sometimes in order to be spiritually correct, you have to be politically incorrect. I am not making a statement about the politics of our nation. I'm simply making a statement about what exists right now. Spirit of division has attacked the United States. If you're here and you're from other countries, you've probably experienced those same kind of scenarios in whatever country you're from when turmoil. And right now, the enemy is doing everything he can to sow discord. Because any country that calls itself united, hello, is going to be attacked by division. Whatever you might think, and I've preached in 70 countries. I leave uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of next week for Indonesia again. I, I understand what it's like to be on extended trips around the world. It's always amazing to come back to the United States that stands as a beacon of hope for the rest of the world. If Satan can destroy hope by saying the nation whose coins he trusts is now so filled with division and strife, the rest of the world becomes a little bit dimmer and a little less hopeful. It cannot be a uh, hundred degrees outside and it not affect the inside. I walked out of my apartment this morning and I put my glasses on, my sunglasses, and I walked out and immediately was stricken blind. My glasses fogged up because of the humidity and the incredible ambient temperatures of Dallas, Texas. I come from Louisiana, so I have nothing to say, but 
we understand humidity. I like air that you can cut into square blocks and hold it. <laughs> what, 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 why are we uh, comfortable in here today? Well, uh, we're comfortable because air conditioning is blowing, but in order to help make it more economical to keep us cool, they have to insulate the building so that it doesn't lose the heat in the winter and lose the cool in the uh, summer because I don't care how well you insulate or what you do, it cannot be 100 degrees outside and not have some effect on the inside. So you have to set it in your mind to protect against it. The spirit of division that exists in our world today, the spirit of division that is ripping the hearts out of families, where divorce is more common than marriage, I'm going to say that again. Divorce is more common than marriage. Creates incredible pain. The enemy understands the power of division and discord and works his very best to duplicate discord in every arena. Your family, your church, your ministry, your school doesn't take much and Discord, one note out of place makes the whole, you, you, you know, have you ever watched American Idol or something and the, the poor person just can't quite hit the note and you just go, oh, it's almost like when I hit that note, the chords, all of the notes together and created discord, some of you, we repel. Sometimes we know discord when we see, do enough to fix it. One of our famous American authors named Mark Twain, he had a statement. He said, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. Everybody talks about unity, but you tell me the last time you heard someone get up and speak for three days or two days or even one sermon on just unity. How it's created. Answering God's prayer. That his prayer for unity is still being prayed. That he is praying fervently as the intercessor that we would know. He says he's at the right hand of the Father. And... I read this to you yesterday in verse 20 of John 17. He said, I don't, do not pray for these alone, but those who will believe in me through their word. It's genealogical descendants of the disciples. That's you and I. We are descendants. We believe because of their word and someone's word after that. And the, the repetitive power of the gospel to redeem us. But even though we are redeemed, we still live on and our ego gets in the way of his kingdom. Remember yesterday, I rehearsed with you about the story of Lazarus and how three words he could raise Lazarus from the dead, yet he prayed in six different occasions in John 17 for there to be unity, for them to be one, to be made perfect. It's not yet happened. 
And that my take on that is that it's easier for God to deal with a dead carcass than a live ego. Because he can raise the dead, but he will not kill the living. I'm going to say that again. He will raise the dead, but he will not kill the living. You have to do that. Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your agenda is dead, but your lungs still function. Your mind is submitted, but it's still thinking its own thoughts. It's that mutual submission that begins to work and create incredible power. And that's really where I want to go today. I want to talk to you about the power of unity, if I can get there. Initially, I want to talk to you about how do you create unity. There, are, there, there is a recipe for unity. And, and Jesus gave us the beginning ingredients for that recipe on this same night. Let me rehearse to you what, what, what happens on, on this night, okay? The, the disciples, uh, as I told you, they, they were clueless as to even how to create a dinner. Jesus performed a miracle that he housework to get to uh, the room where the Last Supper was going to be. Jesus is feeling the pressure of the moment. He's the only one that really understands how close he is to the crucifixion. His flesh is already recoiling. Later that night, he would even try to quit. Let's talk about quitting for just a minute. It's okay to think about quitting. It's okay to plan to quit. It's just not okay to quit. Even Jesus talked about quitting. He said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. With a sigh of his breath, he said, but nevertheless, not my will be done. If it were sin to think about quitting, then the sinless Savior would have just sinned. But it's not sin to, to feel the weight and to know what the potential cost might be. Everybody quits. I quit regularly. It's a rule around I come in from a long trip. Never ask me about will I uh, take on a, the next speaking assignment. or if you, they, they know around my office. If you ask me on the day after I come in from the trip to Indonesia about going to Japan, I'm going to say no. Why? Oh, I know all of you are spiritual. You would just jump at it. Wait until you're 62 and your bones creak a little bit. And you have, I, I spend uh, anywhere from 20 to 30 hours a week sitting on a plane. It's not glamorous. It, it's, 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 I have a callus on my backside from airplanes. If you turned me over, I might be branded United. (laughs) 
It's what I do. But when I get tired, sometimes I, I can't face what the future might be. Jesus was weary. He was tired. He, he retreated alone to pray. God, is there, is there another way that this can be done? He's feeling the impact of that. So he knows that. Let's, let's then, from the retrospective, uh, retrospective view of history, let's drop ourselves into that room of the Last Supper. The disciples are all there early. Jesus arrives last. That they followed a man bearing water to bring them to that room. Jesus walks in that room after three and a half years of training disciples. And immediately on entering that room, a noxious odor permeates the atmosphere. Kind of like the boys' dorm here <laughs> after basketball when everybody's shoes are off. You get the point. Jesus walks in and it stinks. Why does it stink? Well, short of the story is the roads that they walked to get to that room were not paved with asphalt or concrete. They've, they were dirt roads. In a few cases, the Appian Way and Roman roads had been built with some cobblestones, but even those were, there's no drainage. They were, I'm going to be as diplomatic as I can talking about this, but they walked in a world that uh, the, the vehicles of conveyance were not cars and trucks, buses. It's camels. It's oxen. It's horses. It's donkeys. And the form of pollution doesn't drift up in puffs of smoke from a tailpipe. Well, I mean, it might come from a tailpipe, but it don't drift up. It falls down. That means, I want you to imagine what their dirt roadways would be like. Just pick it. After just 10 years of accumulated animal traffic. Okay? Just imagine that. Maybe you're all city slickers, never been around a farm. Anybody ever walked through a barnyard, a, a literal barnyard? Oh, wow. I got some... I got some, I feel you here. <laughs> yeah, you walk through a barnyard and you tipped when you should have towed. <laughs> and you get what on your feet? Animal dung. Imagine what their roadways are like. The droppings of the camels, the oxen, the horses all mingled together with yesterday's rain and they're walking these roadways not with shoes and cool socks like you and I have but it's with sandals and no socks and if you walk through a I mean their roadways were essentially elongated barnyards imagine that just just picture a barnyard and stretch it out for miles and that's what their roads were like 
Not only were there roads that way, but they didn't have indoor plumbing. Hello. You're getting a history lesson. In Jerusalem, no indoor plumbing. Do you know that uh, in the old days, your grandmothers, your grandfathers, when they didn't have indoor plumbing and they didn't want to go to the outhouse at night, they kept in their bedroom something called a chamber pot. And no, it's not for cooking. Hello, come on. It's for using the bathroom. They literally would, so they don't have to go outside at night, use the chamber pot, and the next morning when it's time to tidy up around the house, they walk over to the window that there's no glass on, and they just throw the contents of the chamber pot out into the street. That was, that's, that's common, that's what happened. So not only was it uh, animal dung, it was human feces mixed in with all of that, and they're walking on that with sandals. No wonder the custom of the day, much like if you go to Japan, other uh, oriental uh, countries, still to this day, you can basically determine how many people are in the house by counting the shoes that are outside at the door because they all take their shoes off when they walk inside. That custom is carried over from the days that we are just talking about when they're walking around with, with sandals on and, I mean, just, let's just be honest. You cannot walk through a world like that and not get some stuff on your feet. 